Howdy and welcome to the 10-Week Bible Study. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and I can't wait to jump into our introduction to the book of Revelation today. Well, welcome back to the 10-Week Bible Study. This is week one, day one of our study of Revelation, and today we're doing an introduction to the book of Revelation. Let's pray before we start. Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say to us. Speak to us and fill our hearts with the knowledge of you. We want to encounter you today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, I'm excited to jump into the book of Revelation today with you. And as our introduction, I want to lay out the reason why we're going to study Revelation and the how we're going to study Revelation. But before we do that, I want to give a little bit of background for me personally. This is the book that really started the entire 10-week Bible study in the first place. Years ago, I spent three years reading the book of Revelation once a week for those three years. And in fact, the first year, I read it twice a week for that very first year. And when I originally went into this, I decided I want to do this for three years. And the first year, I'm not going to read any commentaries. I'm not going to read anything else. I just want to read God's word. And I want to forget. I want to unlearn all of the stuff I've known about Revelation in the past, any sermons I've heard and books I've read. I just want to focus on God's word. I want to know that and that only. And I actually believed that that was possible. And as I started getting into it, again, reading it twice a week for those that first year, I was six weeks to three months in. And, and actually, very early on, I realized that just forgetting the stuff that I already knew isn't possible. As humans, our brains aren't wired that way. We don't work that way. And so you can't just unlearn stuff, right? That's kind of a buzzword these days is to unlearn the things that you know, but that's not possible. As humans, we can't do that. But what I did find is somewhere between six weeks to three months, somewhere in there, I actually started to notice that I was, I was reading it twice a week for all of that time, I started to notice that the scales were tipping and the stuff that I had been taught and all of the stuff that I knew actually was rattling around in my brain more than the actual text of Revelation. But as I started reading the book itself, more and more, those scales started to tip in favor of God's word. And somewhere around that three-month mark, I noticed that I knew God's word better than I knew all of the other teachings and things that I'd heard in the past. And it was an epiphany to me that this is a powerful way to read God's word is just read it over and over and over again and get it in your heart. You get it locked away in your heart that way. And, and it actually does. You, you, you begin to see, you don't have to unlearn things that you already knew, but the word of God actually replaces and, and supersedes other things that you've been taught and heard. And that's a very powerful way to do this. And that is what really launched everything that I've done here with the 10-week Bible study. I did this for three years, and it was actually several years after I finished Revelation. I started doing this with the book of Acts and some other books. And, and it was many years after all of that that I published the first study guide, which is actually the book of Revelation. And I encourage you, if you want to go along with us on this, go get a study guide, a 10-week Bible study guide on the book of Revelation right here on Amazon. Uh, it's available there. Just look for 10-week Bible study and you'll find it there on amazon.com. Before we jump into this, I want to explain a little bit of the why 
and the how of what we're going to do. We're going to start with the why, and we find that right in Revelation chapter 1, really in verse 3, but let's read the first three verses. This is in the NIV. The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, who testifies to everything he saw. That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written, because the time is near. So this is our why. This is the only book in Scripture. Now, I I believe that this promise is true for the rest of Scripture as well, but it's the only book in the Bible where this promise is very explicit to this one book. John tells us, Hey, if you read this aloud and other people that hear it, you will actually receive a blessing. And so that's a powerful why. We want to study this. So for the, the one of the reasons I want to do this, and the, one of the reasons I like doing this, Revelation is a difficult book. Many people are afraid of it for various reasons. Many people stay away from it for various reasons. And a lot of people get into all sorts of weird teaching and stuff like that. And and the two extremes are really far out weird teaching, sometimes uh, conspiracy theories and heresies and things like that. The other extreme is, you know, I don't want to study it because it's scary or people argue over it. Nobody can understand it anyway. And either extreme are wrong because God's word right here tells us, read it. You get blessed for reading this. So absolutely read it and take it to heart. But what I find prevents people from doing that is their preconceived notions about the book. And again, you're not going to be able to unlearn the things that you know But as you read God's word itself more and more and more, it will start to tip the scales in favor of God's word over everything else that you've heard. And it will make this book so powerful to you. All right, with that, let's go ahead and look at the how we're going to do this. Um, We've looked at our purpose for studying the book of Revelation. Let's talk about some of those difficulties with the book of Revelation. Um, number one is is everyone has a fear of the unknown. And there's a whole lot in the book of Revelation that's that's difficult to it's it's just difficult to understand. And it's not that the book of Revelation is unknowable or that the book of Revelation itself is difficult to understand. There's just so many questions about how when we we read what we're going to read and we imagine how that would play out in the real world. Those are the unknowns that we have. What is this going to look like? When is it going to happen? And not knowing those things for sure, they can be very difficult and they can cause us to retract in fear. But, you know, and and again, there's the, the other side of that of, you know, people saying, well, you know, God is coming back on, you know, November 15th, 2037 or something like that. And, you know, the 144,000 are really the elites that God has. And I'm one of them and you're not, there's, there's the fear of the unknown. And then there's the weirdness of the unknown and the, in, in the weirdness of, of looking into a scripture and coming out with things that doesn't say. And so people stay away from those things. Um, another reason that people don't 
study it, and I find this is actually a really big one, is that they're afraid of the symbolism. Revelation has a ton of symbolism, right? We've got the dragon, we've got the harlot Babylon, seven thunders, seven lampstands, all of these things, right? And so as we're reading through it, it's like, oh man, I, I just don't think I can possibly grasp what all these things are. They weird me out. So I don't want to read. I'd rather read Romans or John or or something else besides this. But one of the great things about the book of Revelation is for almost every symbol in the book, the book Revelation itself gives us the interpretation of that symbol. There are a few symbols in the book of Revelation where the book of Revelation itself does not give us the interpretation of that symbol, but it's actually alluding to another book in the Bible that very directly gives us the understanding interpretation of that symbol. So I want to say I've never done you know, put it into a spreadsheet or anything like that to know this for sure. But I would say 95% plus of all of the symbols in the book of Revelation are very knowable and they're very understandable because they are interpreted for us. We don't have to figure them out. And it's, it's the minority of symbols that are head scratchers. And it's like, Hmm, I'm not really sure what that's going to mean or what that's going to look like. And that's okay. If we can understand 95 plus percent of all of the symbols in this book, it's actually probably more clear and the symbolism is, symbolism is more clear in this book than most of the rest of the books in the Bible that have symbolism. And so we can jump into that and we can know and understand this book. The third thing that I think is um that keeps people from studying this is just the, the amount of death. I mean, there's a lot of death in this book and that would rightly make anyone afraid. I've led this study many, many times in, in person and online. And there's just a tremendous amount of fear that people have because of the death. I mean, we're going to see very quickly that a quarter of the earth dies. Then after that, a third of the earth dies. And then it seems like everyone else dies. And the truth is by the end of revelation, uh, everybody is like so many people are going to die. The lion's share of people are going to die. But here's the newsflash is right now, we're, we're not in the book of Revelation right now, but right now, everybody dies. Everyone's going to die. And I'm sorry if that's a, a buzzkill for your day, but it's just the reality of the world that we live in. Everyone who has come before us has died. And that is life. That is the life we experience now. Now, we know at the end of the book of Revelation, we see Jesus is going to come and he is going to put death to death. It is going to end and forever we will live forever with him in eternity and there will be no more death. But for right now, that is our experience. And so I don't think that we should be afraid of death itself in the book of Revelation a lot of fear can actually come for the reasons and the causes of death. But as we go through the book of Revelation, I believe we're going to see that things are actually quite different than what most people understand them to be. The reasons why people die, how people die, and what Jesus's role in all of that, it's very different than what most people have encountered when they've studied the book of Revelation. The fourth thing that intimidates uh, people is, uh, you know, they feel like they've been taught that, you know, the Old Testament God is this wrathful, vengeful God, and the New Testament Jesus is he's this kind of loving, caring, kumbaya kind of guy who just wants to sit down and have a beer with you. And, 
you know, I don't want to speak to whether or not Jesus would want to sit down and have a beer with you or not, but but this idea of these two gods, these two Jesuses, this is not biblical. It's not scriptural at all. And the thing that keeps people away from Revelation is Revelation, when they see Jesus, it kind of reminds them of the Old Testament God, and they'd rather stick with the New Testament God. But this this dichotomy, this distinction is, again, not biblical and it's not real. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, they are the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Old Testament God is the same as the New Testament God. The Old Testament Jesus in creation is the same Jesus that died on the cross, and he's the same Jesus that's going to come and actually physically take people's lives with his own hand, as we're going to read in the book of Revelation. And so we need to understand that there is no difference and there is no dichotomy in the Bible about who God is and what he's going to do. And when we can understand that, it will make Revelation, the book of Revelation, so much more clear. And it won't feel like this, this again, false dichotomy between two gods. The Bible does not, uh, it doesn't teach us that. Um, <clears throat> so with that, let's do a quick overview of the book of Revelation. Um, there's some major sections as we break this down. I think it will be helpful to understand and think about this going into it. And those nine major sections that I outline in, in my book and, and the way I've uh, come to view this are number one, we're going to have chapter one is the purpose for writing this book. Number two, Two is chapters two and three. They're the seven letters to the church. Number three is the heavenly throne room before the Lord. We're actually going to get to go up with John and see the heavenly throne room that that uh, few biblical authors have seen, but several have. John's one of them. Then the fourth section is going to be the seal judgments. They're going to get those from the heavenly throne room, and then they're going to be the, the judgments are going to go forth on the earth. The fifth section is the trumpet judgments. Seventh, or uh, excuse me, the fifth is the trumpets. The sixth are the bowl judgments. The seventh uh, kind of sections that we'll see are the parenthetical sections. And these are interspersed throughout the book. So that's going to be chapter seven, chapter nine, and chapters 10 through 14. So what we're going to see is we're going to see some new major understanding or major theme presented. And then we're going to hit pause on that. We're going to have this parenthetical section where John and, and Jesus, the Holy Spirit, are going to give us some background information as to what else is going on to give us context to understand these things. So if you think that Revelation is a purely linear book going from beginning to end, it's actually not. There are these very uh, easily discernible and distinct parenthetical sections. And again, nothing that I'm telling you here is is something that people for the last couple of thousand years haven't seen. Um, I'm not going to be teaching. If, you, if you're hoping to get some new revelation, some new thing out of the book of Revelation from the study, I want to tell you that I hope you're disappointed. Now, I hope that this is encouraging to you. I hope it's fascinating. I hope the book of Revelation fascinates your heart, but I hope that you don't get anything that people haven't seen for the last couple thousand years because our faith, Christianity, it's an ancient faith. It's, it's trust in a God who is the same. Again, yesterday forever past, today, and forever future. He doesn't change. And these things don't change. Now, the way that we explain them, that may change, but the actual truths themselves, they haven't changed since this was written. 
And so my hope is to not teach you anything new in terms of that, you know, somebody and many people before me haven't taught, maybe new to you. That's always exciting when these things are new to you, but nothing new that hasn't been looked at and discussed for the last couple thousand years. So uh, those parenthetical sections, they're in there. People have, have seen those and talked about those for a long time. Um, another thing that I think is very important, one of the major themes is the centrality of Babylon, the harlot Babylon, as it's called in this book. And when when you read this over and over and over again, what you start to see is just how central to the theme of this book, this Babylon is. And uncovering and discovering what Babylon is to the book of Revelation is going to be incredibly important for our understanding of it. The last theme in the book is going to be eternity. What eternity is going to, I don't want to say look like, but what it's going to begin to look like. Eternity is, I think, by definition, a very long time. And so we're not going to know now what eternity is going to look like. We're given the slightest little sliver of a window of view into eternity. Right? How, how could all of the words in Scripture itself contain what eternity is going to look like? It's not. But we have some absolute, absolute for sures of what eternity is going to look like. But then there's all of these questions. You know, Isaiah says of the uh, increase of his kingdom, there will be no end. Right, So there is this... Um, eternity is this forever, there's a forever aspect of it, but also in the way that the Lord has orchestrated his world that he's created forever is there will be increase forever. Right now we go through periods of, of financial increase, financial plenty, and then we have depressions and, and, and stagflation and things like that, right? It ebbs and flows. Your stock account goes up and your stock account goes down. But in God's eternity, there is only up, 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 up. There is no deflation. There is nothing like that. Um, so uh, the uh, some of the other major themes, so those were the major sections, I should say, and the major themes we're going to look at are going to be uh, the, the churches, uh, the heavenly world, uh, the judgment of God, that's a really big one. And understanding the judgment of God is going to be a primary uh, thing that we're going to focus on in this book. What is the judgment of God? Why does God judge and who does he judge? And what I've discovered through many years of teaching this is most people, not everybody, but most people have great misunderstanding of what that means, the word judgment and the judgment of God. It feels like a bad word. It feels like a wrong word or a dirty word to most people, but it's actually one of the greatest things that God will ever give to us. It's a gift that he gives us is what we call the judgment of God. Um, we're going to look again at Babylon. We're going to look at at God's divine protection in the midst of, of this for his saints. We're going to look at his divine provision for his saints during this time. And we're actually going to look at heaven on earth as opposed to what most people imagine. Now, again, this isn't everybody, but the lion's share of people, when they think of heaven, they think of floating on a cloud, strumming a harp and being bored to tears for all eternity. And this idea of having nothing to do, but sitting on a cloud, strumming a harp, it, it, it's terrifying because it sounds so boring and nothing could be further from the truth. Now, 
I don't know. Maybe you'll get to like a strum on a harp on a cloud for a little bit or something. You know, maybe that's a thing that you can do in heaven, right? Maybe we got that picture from somebody had some like visitation to heaven and they saw that at one point. And maybe that's a real thing. We're going to see like, you know, people on clouds and stuff like that in the book of Revelation, but that is not our existence. That is not our existence for the rest of eternity. What I like to define our existence as, and I like to say it like this, is what we will experience in eternity is not wholly different than what we experience now, as in like, I'm going to be this disembodied angelic kind of being strumming a harp on a cloud bored to tears. It's not wholly different. It's wholly better than what we experience now. Eternity will be very much like what we experience now in this life. We will be very familiar in many ways with eternity because it will feel very similar to our existence now with some major caveats, no more death, no more sin, no more destruction, no more pain, no more tears, all of those kinds of things. They will all be gone. There will be no more sadness, no more sorrow. All of that will be gone. So that part of the human experience, that won't exist anymore. But the rest of it, having a physical body, being able to do work and increase things and build things, that will all be part of eternity. We will see that as we go through the book of Revelation. So with that, I'm really, really excited to jump into the book of Revelation with you. It is one of my favorite studies on this book. And if you're going through this live with us, and this is going to start in January of 2024, if you're going through this live with us, you can join the Facebook group and be part of some active, ongoing dialogue there. If you're not listening to this live, or if you're even a few weeks behind, jump in as well and see what other people have said. Um, Because this is a a pre-recorded broadcast, a podcast, YouTube series, People, you're going to be watching this, you know, maybe several years after this January 2024 publication of this. That's okay. Jump in and see what the conversations have looked like in the past. And maybe there's people that have asked your questions and answered your questions along the way. So again, tomorrow we're going to jump into Revelation chapter one. I'm really excited to do this and go through this with you for the 10-week Bible study. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you for week one or day one of our study of Revelation. Well, thanks for joining me today on our study. Would you like and subscribe to wherever you're watching this? It really helps more people find out about our broadcast, and my heart is for more people to fall in love with God and his word. 